And welcome to That Horrorcast. I'm Mallory Smart. And I'm Dmitry Samarov. On today's episode, we'll be discussing the 2011 thriller, We Need to Talk About Kevin. In the film, we follow a woman who is pressured to give up her beloved freedom and bohemian lifestyle to have a child with her husband, Franklin. Pregnancy does not seem to agree with her, but what's worse, when she gives birth to a baby boy named Kevin, she can't seem to bond with him. As time progresses, we follow her attempts to love Kevin, who was once just a demanding toddler and now a teenage sociopath who with each day does increasingly dangerous things. But Kevin is just getting started, and his final act will be beyond anything anyone imagined, except perhaps his mom. Hello, hello. Hello there. Hi. Yeah, I wasn't sure if like I was supposed to like wait until this afternoon or whatever, but then I woke up. No. And it was like, yeah, message Dimitri. Yeah, uh, I, uh, the reason I said afternoon was that uh, I was leaving to go see a concert uh, yesterday evening, and I didn't know if I'd uh, be able to watch the movie in time, so I was going to watch it this morning, but I got home earlier than I thought and just watched it last night, so... That that's why it was afternoon. So it works out. Hope you're drinking coffee. You know, sound a little tired over there. <laughs> uh, the coffee coffee's ready. The coffee will be will be drinking drinking during <laughs> during this episode during yeah. this this discussion. I've got my coffee too. I attempted to make a mocha, but attempted and you failed. It tastes more just like a latte with, like, a little smattering of chocolate. Oh, you skimped on the chocolate. You got you to dump in the chocolate. <laughs> yeah, you know, I can never tell if you're supposed to do, like, the chocolate, like, before or after. <laughs> I've seen people use different techniques. I'm not a barista. Yeah, yeah you can do different. Uh, uh, how did you uh, – oh, you have an espresso machine, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have a fr- – like a – can you steam – yeah. Yeah. I actually was capable of making somewhat of a shape. Uh, that was fun. I like to say. Oh, you made latte shape. art? You made latte art? Oh, yeah. I love it. Um, <laughs> I think it was a heart, but now it's just kind of a mess. Yeah. It was cool at first, though. I mean, the one, yeah. The way I remember, it's been a long time since I worked in a coffee shop, but one way is you, you put the, the milk and, and the the cocoa in the, in the steamer, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you, and, and you may, you kind of boil that up. Oh shit. I forgot. Hey, you still there? Welcome back. S- sorry. Uh, I totally forgot there was an appointment. I've had some, uh, water leakage mm-hmm. in my apartment and, the the people are finally here to look at, at it. Do you want to cancel so you can handle that, or no, no? I just told them that I just opened the door for them so they could look. Oh. No, they don't need. I can't do anything, and the landlord's here. They just needed, just in case they needed to go into my my apartment. You know. Mm-hmm. It's fine. I just totally forgot about it. <laughs> oh, it happens with me all the time. I, mean, I think we actually have had weird schedules where I was like, I don't know if they're going to come in at an awkward right. time. Yeah. 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 They may not even come in. I mean, because it's coming in from the outside, not from the inside. You know, like, <laughs> the call was not coming from inside the house. <laughs> oh, God. I, I hate that movie. 
<laughs> like, we're referring to when a stranger calls, right? I guess so. That is one of the few horror movies that managed to scare me, but it's because I watched it when I was like 13 years old, and I was no. babysitting at the time. But it's that's copying a movie we did cover, but it's, it's Black Christmas. You know what? You're right. They well, so many movies ripped off Black Christmas, but like, yeah, it's totally the same thing, you know. No, definitely. Now I almost want to rewatch Black Christmas and compare the two. Yeah. But, well, and yeah. you know, your the Scream franchise, of course. Oh, Scream! With the, with for the sure. Yeah. Oh, you know. I feel like that one ripped off Prom Night a bit more. But yeah, but yeah. yeah, Black Christmas is in the DNA of. Like all the all the slasher movies, you know. Yet it is not in the DNA of this one, I think. No, it's not. But this is not a slasher movie. <laughs> this is a whole different thing. <laughs> I think my favorite part about this movie is that, like, we keep seem to keep kind of like keep visiting like what is horror and what isn't, and yeah, yeah, you finally picked another movie that did creep me out. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a legit scary movie because it's all just psychological, you know. I usually try and stray away from psychological movies because I know they will weird me out. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so funny because the horror fan is afraid of actual horror. <laughs> I feel like the horror fan we know we know our limits. Yeah, yeah. You like yeah. You often say you like the fun horror. This is not the fun horror. <laughs> this is like the horror where it's like, damn, I see it all coming. This dude's yeah. fucked up. For uh, audience, I am aware that Ezra Miller is non-binary, but for the purposes of this podcast, we'll be referring to his character. Oh, Ezra, Ezra Miller is, is non-binary now? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so we'll just be referring to... Kevin as a he, as opposed yeah. to keep like going back and forth. And I, I can't keep track. He he got in trouble for something too, didn't he? Didn't he do something, Ezra Miller? A few things. Yeah, he's he's not like he's not a model citizen of the world. Is what the vibe I get? I don't. No. I can't keep track of what what started what you know. But uh, I he was he was involved in something, right? Um, from my understanding, Ezra Miller kind of was like grooming some people and also there's some violence and uh -huh. maybe even like low-key trafficking going on not oh, nice. a great uh he diversified he, he has many different community yeah he has many different hobbies <laughs> yeah that are yeah. frowned upon when you're not taking a bow and arrow and massacring people i feel like this movie was like the big red flag of i think they're playing themselves Oh, you think so? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta take from something as an actor, right? You have to, <laughs> you have to find the motivation or write your backstory, whatever, like that method shit that they do, you know, <laughs> to I get into the, to inhabit their roles. Of the actors in this movie, I, I don't know. I think I can freely say Ezra Miller is not a good actor compared to the heavy hitters. That they're surrounded by well, Tilda Swinton and John C. Riley. Yeah, I mean, you know, no, it is very hard to like get to that level. So it, I think but the he, only reason why Kevin was such a good role is because Ezra Miller was basically playing themselves. 
Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Ezra Miller is asked to kind of present a blank slate. You know, you can't look in. It's like a opaque box. You can't find out what's inside, and they never find out. Even you know, in the end, when she visits him in jail and asks why, you know, on the two-year anniversary of the massacre that he commits. I mean, this movie's 12 years old, so we're not going to do spoilers or any of that shit, you know? Like, if you know, you should go see this movie, but, uh, yeah, we have to talk about what happens in the movie, you know? Um, it's not even that heavy of a spoiler, because apparently no. it's based off of a book as well. Yeah, so Lionel Shriver is, is the writer of the book. Yeah, uh, had a few well-regarded books, I think. Uh, but I don't think I've read anything else of theirs. Yeah, yeah, I, I haven't, I haven't read any any of their books. But uh, uh, and also, this movie doesn't it from the start tells you that shit's gonna go really, really bad, and it jumps around in time a lot. It's not chronological at all. Mm-hmm. It jumps from you know her youth to her living alone after the tragedy. You know, all the time. I think it's very interesting the way that the film decided to portray it versus the book. And I'm saying this as someone who didn't read the book. I, I looked up the spark notes like any. Oh, I was going to say, wow, you know. read fast. Oh, oh, the structure is different in the in the book. Yeah. Um, oh. In the book, it's taking place present day, but Tilda Swinton's character is consistently writing in a journal about it. Oh, and I see. She's like addressing it each to her husband, Franklin. Yeah. And it isn't revealed till the very end that, you know, Franklin is dead. Well, that makes that makes sense. And I know, I mean, Lynn Ramsey, the director, writes or co-writes all her movies. But like there's there's things clearly in movies that you can you have to show, not tell. <laughs> and the structure has to be different. You can't really you can't portray internal life the same way in thoughts, the same way you can on a page, you know? I mean, I would say that I am so heavily impressed at how Tilda Swinton was at showing and not telling, but I feel like that's just her ballpark. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, I mean, this is, she, she, she plays a variety of different characters, but they're all, uh, they all have an inner life. You could just tell every character that, that Tilda Swinton's ever played that I've seen, you know, that there's more on the, under the surface that's not revealed. And you there's could just also, a lot going you could feel the emotions just by like the looks on her face and everything. Yeah. Like she's yeah. a shell of a human being in a lot of those scenes. Yeah. Except for the flashbacks when they, before they had kids. It's her only happy time. I was joking around that um, that you're typically always trying to get me to like not like marriage, and now you're mm-hmm. starting with kids. This is the next step in the campaign. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the next, the next uh, whatever. Like, escal- it's the escalation of the war. I know. It's like, <laughs> damn it, we talk about kids so much. He finally found one. There, I was like, I don't want that kid. No. <laughs> Well, no, there's a, uh, that's, it's not really the reason I chose this movie, but it is, I did, it did occur to me that this, this, it could be seen this way, but uh, it's more of, uh, I think it was sort of in reaction to the last one, The Possession, where there was this like pure, pure innocent child, you know, that's corrupted by the, by a demon. 
like I wanted to flip the flip the script and we often talk about the horrible kids and this is perhaps the worst child ever but on purpose not not because we're annoyed by it by the child but he is actually a demon I mean Kevin makes you know Damien from the omen seem like a choir boy you know <laughs> I think the scariest aspect about <laughs> Kevin is that Kevin isn't the Antichrist. Kevin is someone that I think we all know someone like a Kevin. Mm hmm. And yeah, that, that, that's definitely scary as shit. This was obviously a response, uh, a reaction to Columbine because the book was written, was it 2003? But I didn't it takes look place uh, yeah. in 2000. Oh, it does. Okay. I didn't know it was pegged to a, a, cer a certain time. Yeah, that could, yeah, I, d I didn't think about that, but that makes sense. A lot of people around Columbine, I'll just jump in here again, millennials, we know a lot about school shootings. Yeah. Um, they called for, like, the parents to be held responsible and being like, why, why didn't you see what was going on? And I think a few of them, uh, I, d I don't know which parents or if all four of them were taken to a civil tri civic trial. Yeah. Which is what happens in this movie. I mean, everything in this movie is sort of happens in this kind of oblique dream state. So there's not, there's not none of the traditional kind of like spoon feeding of plot that like an American movie would have had, you typically, you know. But there are these scenes of like these kind of hectic leaving leaving a courtroom scenes where clearly she's she's the object of all the hate, you know, and trying to be held responsible, and then in the most present moments she's living in a, a grubby apartment and has a shitty office job where she's like sexually harassed all the time you know so her present life is pretty miserable as a consequence of what her demon seed of a child has done you know I think uh, if I was that parent I, I would have moved away and changed my last name just hope that nobody connects you to that Right. Like the fact yeah. that like she stood by Kevin at the end, like to visit him in jail, and I was like, "What? No, she well, hated him his entire life." No, but like that's that that's the like the real tragedy of this the this story is that, but he's the last uh, link she has to her family life and happiness, you know, I because he's like, genetically connected. That's the horror like of it. <laughs> she was happiest prior to all of it. Yeah, she was happiest when they were like at their like that weird at the beginning. There's this kind of like slow mo rave kind of thing where they're like throwing some kind of like wine fest. I don't know what the fuck it even is you know, it that's going on. A little chunky at first. Yeah, maybe it was like a strawberry fest. I don't know what kind of fest. It was some kind of like harvest festival slash rave that there all these bodies were in. Like, I wasn't sure in the beginning if we were starting off in a dream state or whatever, because one, I did know what the plot was, and I was like, yeah. is she having a nightmare about violence? Because it looked a little bloody and everything. Yeah, but it was like, clearly yeah. people were happy, you know, they were high on life and, and or whatever substances they were on, you know? It wasn't until like a couple seconds in where I was like, oh, she's liking this. Okay. Yeah, yeah, she's into it. That's like probably the happy... The happiest moment of the movie is at the very big in the opening seconds, you know. Now it makes me wonder if, like, we need to attend a rave like that. 
We, meaning you and Belant. <laughs> oh, no, no, you and I. We're very cynical people. I think it might be I'm intriguing. You will not, I will not be caught dead at a rave. I don't, I don't go to places like that. I don't go to parties, Mallory, you know, because I, I know myself. Fun. Yeah, I don't, I'm not happy at group. I don't, I don't do group joy or group like things like, I don't like it. Yeah, I think you. I don't have a good time. Yeah, (laughs) I'm the guy that you were texting, eating a falafel, miserable when you were miserable at a party, and you were like, jealous of me, and like I was not jealous of you. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? In your personality. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm like one on one is I'm perfectly able to clearly conduct a conversation and have a decent time, but like, even yeah, three four people, I start getting lost. I can handle it where, like, it's a couple people, but yeah. nothing more than, like, what you'd call, like, a squad, you know. <laughs> what is the limit of a squad? Tell me. what. I don't know this. All these terms like squad, how many can be in a squad and still be called a squad? I would say no more than five. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. okay. Then I'm totally in, but I, I definitely <laughs> prefer, like, just kind of those quiet friendships where you don't even really need to talk to each other that much. Yeah. Right. Those are the best ones. Yeah, but yeah, the, uh, in a party or a, like a rave or a parade. Parade is another nightmare of mine. I uh, fucking hate parades. Yeah. Uh, there's this like feeling that you're supposed to have this collective, you know, that whole hive mind thing. Like this, this collective thing that's supposed to be happening. And I can never, ever like give myself, give into that ever. Even at, I mean, like, you know, I go to a lot of concerts, but I'm alone at the concert, you know? I don't really care about the other concert goers because I'm there to have, a, like, a, an experience with the music, you know? I've only recently learned that that's how I am, even if I am with people. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Were you surprised or...? No, it was just one of those... All right. Yeah, I guess I never realized I was doing that, that I was just kind of like not giving a fuck what you people were doing or wanted to do or where you were going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is the problem that so many people had during, you know, COVID lockdown. They realized that they were the opposite of that, you know? I miss it. I know. Me too. I I want to go back to lockdown. (laughs) Like... That's fucked it's up, so but fucked it's kind of like, true. One of my friends just said that they caught COVID, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm lucky. Is it going to happen again? No. I, I was at a show last night, and there was a, a friend of mine was there I ran into. He's wearing a mask because he'd been traveling, he, and he got COVID. It was, he didn't want to spread it. Yeah. Well. It's just going to be like a thing, you know, like a part of the reality. But uh, It was definitely a fun couple years. It you know, well, it it uh, really under underlined and underscored just how different. I don't know, like I don't know, my perception of reality is to the masses. You know, the 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 vast majority of human uh, of my society. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They because they took it as this great this great like they were being deprived of all this stuff. Whereas I felt like I was given time and space to get I've never been more productive you know I I got so I got so much done (laughs) 
The only shitty thing about it is it was hard to make excuses not to talk to people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say, like, right when it began, it was around Easter, and my entire family was like, we're going to all Zoom together. Oh, yeah. And there was no way out of that. There is not a damn excuse I could use, like, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm not available. I... I successfully barely zoomed at all and almost never with the camera, you know, like that. I, I would always, almost always, un, unless somebody's super insisted, you know, I did a couple of podcasts where people, you know, insisted on having the camera on, which I never, we've, we've talked about the stupid zoom camera before. Oh. I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want to beat that dead horse, but like, it's horrible. I, I uh, just use it as a thing now. You know, people could like take what you will if you ask me to try and do a Zoom thing with the camera, I'm just going to lie and say that the camera doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because I don't, I don't want to be in a hostage video. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Dude, that Easter was like a hostage video. Like I'm sure. You with your family months. Easter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no one really wanted to be doing it except for, like, a handful of them. And it's like, we don't even like getting together in person. <laughs> Why are you doing this? Yeah, and all those damn tiles. It was like, it's the worst episode of the Brady Bunch opening sequence ever, you know? The only thing that was weirdest <laughs> about it is all my siblings have dogs, so they kept like bringing their dogs. Into oh, jeez! Was, was like, there like barking all over the place? <laughs> it was so fucking annoying, and I was just like, "Can you please just leave your dog Jesus, alone?" Th- like, that that sounds like a horror movie. <laughs> it really is, but you know, obviously, this plays into the like the horror thing we always hate with kids is that they're all screaming and going crazy and shit. And in this movie, Kevin is just quiet. Yeah. He's, he's the opposite of everything that you expect of a child to the point where like, you know, when they have the, the daughter and the daughter is this like perfect angel, you know, and it just, she seems weird because Kevin is so the opposite, you know? I will say like in, you know, if she was not being raised around Kevin, she, she'd just be a regular annoying kid probably probably but like yeah in yeah next to kevin she was like an actual like angel landed on earth you know well he made sure that that angel was fucked up right away well uh, well, she she, he made sure that that angel ascended back to heaven way before her time (laughs) had to fuck up with the one eye first Mm -hmm. and i feel like there was that one moment where even tilda swinton was just like Ah, oh, he's going to kill her. When he's like, oh, do you want to come and collect the arrows? Yeah, yeah. That, that yeah, and she wouldn't let her, let her go out there. Yeah. That might have been the most, like, quick emotional thing that I actually saw Tilda Swinton do in the entire movie, where she was just like, no, no. Yeah, she's basically grabbing her, like, to, like, physically protect her from this fucking monster. But, uh, I mean, one of the many things I love about this movie is how it's, it really, from the beginning, she hated this, knew this kid was bad, never wanted to have the kid, and the husband pushed her into it, and like, cause, and he made her move away from New York into the country. All these decisions, like, step-by-step step ruined everything she loved in her life, you know? And it goes into the fact that she highly resented that lifestyle, where when the lawyer's like, you're going to have to, like, sell the house, and she was like, I never liked that house, or I never yeah, want yeah. to be there. And it's like, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I vibe that. Yeah, she never she never wanted to change her life, and he pushed her to it. And, I mean, ev- you know, everything she felt came true, like literally, you know, but like even worse than she could have imagined. 
Yeah, they were one of the worst, least matched couples in the history of movies. That's why I was kind of shocked that it took them so long to be like, we should get a divorce. Yeah. (laughs) Because, like, if I was her, like, I would say a couple years into that kid and my husband being like, he's just being a boy, he's fine, I'd be like, fuck this shit, no, there's nothing normal. I think what really gives the whole thing so much weight is that in, you know, in our society, she's not allowed to do what she feels she needs to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because if she left that family, she would be considered a monster. You know what I mean? Well, obviously. Like it, negligent and like, you know. Conversation when they're talking about divorce, like, I think it's the last time that we actually see her have a conversation with Franklin yeah. and Ezra Miller is like kind of eavesdropping. Where they're like, well, I yeah, he's looming over them on the land, landing of the staircase. Yeah, and like Frank, I am the like, context. She's like, I, I didn't miss the context, Dad. You know, I am the context. I, <laughs> that might have been one of my favorite lines. Mm-hmm. Like just the eeriness of he gonna do some shit. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I could tell he gonna do some shit when the father bought him his first plastic bow and arrow, and he shot it at the window, aiming at the mother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, fuck, you know, kill her. And shockingly that he spared her. He waited to do his entire massacre until she left the house. Well, because he, he understood that because as any, you know, proper demon would that like she would suffer much more if he killed everybody around her, you know, and made mm-hmm. her like live through it. He actually made her suffering worse. He was pretty goddamn satisfied with himself, clearly. Like, he walked out of that gymnasium like a fucking champ. Yeah, he's taking a bow, you know, to the crowd. He's, he, yep. Just like, what up, gang? I did it. Yeah, and he's, there's that one scene where he's on the TV saying, like, I'm, I'm the thing that you all watch. Like, and it's really true, you know? Every other show is about a fucking serial killer now, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, got, it's a movie that's got a lot to say about... <laughs> Our society and where it's going, or where it already went. Yeah, but yeah, it's sort of. I mean, in the inter, in the intervening twelve years since this movie aired, you know. Yeah, it, it's it's only is. hyper like grown and gotten worse and worse and worse. I think, I don't know why it is, but I think somewhere after. Columbine because then it started happening more like a Virginia Tech and NIU and everything where they're more like adults that are doing mm. the killings. Yeah. You notice that like we stopped blaming the parents but with Columbine mm. we heavily did. Yeah. And I, I am curious like why why do you think we stopped blaming the parents? That's a good question. I have, I have no idea about any of this stuff but except for you know the the, the uh, easy, easy access to weapons here does not make any of this, you know, uh, can't help. Let's put it that way. I'm not in. No, I'm not blaming me a gun for a killing, you know. But if there is a gun, it will. It just like Chekhov said, you know, like it's going to go off exactly. because that's what it's for. A gun is for killing. It's not for protecting people. It's for killing, you know? So if you have a gun at some point, usually, you know, statistically, it's used on yourself if you have one, you know, more than anybody else. But so if you're you're having a really bad day and you have a gun, you know, (laughs) you'll use it on yourself. 
that's why, yeah, it, it is one of those things where, wow, I'm about to get dark here. I should not be a gun owner. I just mm -hmm. know that. Oh, yeah. No, me too. Where I'm just like, I don't need that readily no. available. Mm -mm. Absolutely not. Yeah, you can have one, like, one bad day and, yeah, you have access to something that's that instant. A solution to what you think a solution to your problems is, you know? Solves all of them in one way. It's an interesting fact that the weapon of choice was made a bow and arrow because clearly one, it could be seen as a hobby because I think even yeah. some schools, like nicer sure. high schools, teach archery. Well, it's his, you know, his favorite book. It's Robin Hood. He's being Robin Hood. And it's his only pleasant moment with his mommy. Yeah, which he totally manufactures because it's a reaction to the new, new the daughter being born, you know. So he tries to play the opposite of what he's done his whole life. To fool, and, but then the next morning it's over. He's like, "What the fuck are you doing in my room? I can dress myself." Yeah, that that was pretty fun. <laughs> he's an absolute demon. <laughs> a a reverse psych in her eyes too. Like, yeah, it's back to normal. <laughs> yeah, reverse psychology, like demon. <laughs> you know. Just the fact that she ever tried to give a fuck about this kid after he got so insanely sociopathic from a very young age. I was just like, whoa, are we trying to prove mother's love can, like, expand, like, all of that? Or I love all those scenes where he just turns on a dime when he's, like, little and he's being horrible to mom and then dad walks in the room and he just light, lights up and smiles and runs to daddy, daddy, you know, <laughs> and while looking at her. You know, <laughs> just playing them off each other. Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing with Franklin. Was he oblivious or was he just very easily manipulated? Well, I mean, Franklin was largely absent. You know, he was off. Do we ever find out what his profession was exactly? I don't know, but it doesn't matter. His but personality, he... it seemed like it was a boring as fuck one. Well, but it was clearly very profitable. Like, you know, that he, they bought a McMansion, you know? Oh, I hate McMansions. I think, <laughs> like, I had a similar reaction that Tilda Swinton had when they showed that house. Uh, like, well, she knew her life would be over, like, if they got dragged away from the city, because her life was in the city. Like, it's one thing to be dragged away from the city, a whole other to be like, oh, our life is 100% different. We're going keeping up with the Joneses. Mm-hmm. But all that, I mean, Franklin justifies this choice as a thing for Kevin to have in his childhood so he can play outside, like in this bucolic fantasy, American fantasy of childhood, you know? Hey, he'll have enough room to practice his future massacre. We need him to have that backyard. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we need him to practice archery for killing his, his classmates. I just, like, I don't know, like, just every weird justification that the father had just buy into shit that Ezra Miller was putting out there, like the bike locks and everything. Mm-hmm. Did he call This is like, a great oh, idea. Oh, be a total Trump or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was an awesome line. Yeah. And, and, and creepy harbinger of our future. <laughs> this movie really fucked with our fate a lot, didn't it? Sure. Well, uh, yeah, he pops up in many movies and other, like, kind of pop culture things before he became what he became. But... Oh, the Donald. Daddy was so fucking easily manipulated, because, as I said, 
Tilda Swinton, like, the minute she even, like, picked up the heavy box and was looking at it, she was like, the fuck do you need all this for? Mm-hmm. Like, she had the sus moment right there. And yeah, she's like, like you don't even ride your bike. <laughs> yeah. Like, why do you need a shit ton? Mm-hmm. And, and daddy was what, like, you, no, you can make money, go for it. Yeah. As if that kid needed money, you know? <laughs> Future Donald Trump right there. Right, another kid who never needed money. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest issue I have, um, not that it's clearly a response to Columbine, but we're going to go realism right here. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he locked the gymnasium. Uh, we don't know the context as to, like, yeah. it was a pep rally. It kind of sounded at one moment like that's what. Yeah, it was I probably had. like one of those gym attempt, whatever. That they have some kind of gathering, yeah. I can't buy that he'd be able to kill that many people with a bow and arrow. He he was an ex he was like an expert marksman. All but we we also one person to be behind him. Yeah, but they're p- people like a stampede, you know, like they panic. Uh, I I I think it would be a rare person that would like actually try to try to do something you know it's just like it kind of has that vibe where like he has to like pull the arrow out and like then have perfect aim yeah but like this you know it's not a document it's not realism it's a you know it stands for things you know what i mean definitely it it also doesn't it never shows you it shows you isolated you know kind of like moments of him shooting it never shows you how many people are in the room or anything you know or how they got there or any of that it, it follows the same kind of, like, fractured dream logic that the whole movie does, you know? But the one thing I found the best is we are implying that the only kind person to Tilda Swinton is that one kid in a wheelchair that clearly her son... Yeah, one of the had. victims. Yeah. Yeah, he, which only makes her feel worse. Like, she, was, she tries to avoid every... Like, there's that other scene in the supermarket where she avoids the mother... That mother, she was like hiding and then like takes home a whole box of smashed eggs <laughs> just to get away from her. <laughs> yeah. That's why I would move away. But clearly, obviously, not everyone has the ability to do so. And also that she needs to be close to him because he's the last connection to her old life. Yeah. Because yeah, she can't move on. Talk that yeah. has one of the parents from Columbine. I guess I'll have mm-hmm. to like listen to that to see how the yeah. brain of one of those people actually like works. I mean, but the great I mean, the great contrast to so much of the Columbine crap is that uh this is really the whole movie is focused it is it is for her perceptions. It's not the kids like ever, you know. Not that like Kevin is a a child we can never see inside of anyways, but uh she try and she repeatedly tries to connect and empathize with him and stuff, but there's no way to do it. It's her. It's her perception always, you know, of what what's going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's why I like this much better. Have you ever seen Gus Van Sant's uh, Elephant? Elephant? Yeah. Yeah, it, that's a that's a pretty very different. It's been a long time since I've seen that. It's not my favorite. I, I like a lot of Gus Van Sant movies. It was never my favorite. It's also very dreamy, as I remember it. It was. But it's heavily uh, more from students' point of view. Yeah. And yeah, it follows yeah. the kids. Yeah. 
I think it was definitely interesting with this movie that it was like an outsider's, like an outsider yet insider. Yeah. But she, I mean, she knows, you know, she has this creeping dread the whole time that he's going to do something truly horrible. And it, all, the, all her worst fears are confirmed. I do find it fascinating that, like, when she is told about what happens at the high school, she rushes there to see if she can, like, find him. I don't know. Wouldn't you, like, have that vibe of, shit, he was acting weird this morning? Yeah, but she's, I mean, her war is with herself. She's always keeps trying to find some redeemable quality in him, you know? And she, you know, she feels responsible because she gave birth to him, to this monster, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's that. I think that feels, you know, clearly I'm not a mother, but it, that feels very true, you know, that conflict that she's always having. She keeps trying to reach out for him and then being repelled, you know, because he's horrible. <laughs> I mean, but she keeps trying anyways. Even every t- it was what down to the very end where she's visit like hugging him in jail, you know. Yeah. I would say I, I would just be like worst and like. Things confirmed. There you go. Bike lock. Knew it was for no good. I understand why he said he might not be available for his 16th birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Confirmed every time. Every suspicion she has is confirmed. Mm -hmm. Bad suspicion, I mean. Like, none of the good ones ever are. Like, none of her hopes are ever realized. Did she have any good suspicions? Well, she keeps trying. Like, you know, she wants to take him out to dinner. She wants to do this. She wants to do that. God, you're Uh, such a douche at that dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that I expected any better from him, but it was like, yeah. damn. Or like, there's, I mean, it's, it's, it's one scene after another. What, like when she goes and snoops through his like insane, like super clean room, like his sensory deprivation chamber of a room mm-hmm. and she finds that disc, you know, that corrupts her computer. <laughs> um, that's an interesting thing in the book. I was seeing that the discs, <laughs> Like he uh, pirates stuff or does viruses or something uh-huh. with the discs. That's what he uses them for. Yeah, well, she goes in afterwards after her computer is destroyed. And uh, she's like, I guess I had it coming. It's like, and then she asks him, like, why? Like, well, you know, like some, you know, like some people collect stamps or, or like stamps are boring. This is what I collect. <laughs> viruses, you know? <laughs> he is a virus. Well, sure, yeah. Worst kid ever. Like we finally found the winner. We found the worst kid. Yeah, may, yeah, he's got to be. A, he's got to be a contender. Like, who is the worst kid ever? I mean, there's a. I mean, we could watch like a kind of make a whole season of bad kid movies, but. <laughs> but uh, he he's got to be up there. He's got to be a contender. <laughs> I mean, you know, there are so many moments where I was like, this reminds me of like this kid in a horror movie. The only horror movie that like the kid in the beginning, like young Kevin reminded me of was, uh, have you seen Orphan? I, I don't think I ever saw Orphan. What um, ha- What's up in Orphan? They adopt a kid. Um, they adopt a kid, okay. And she proceeds to play the mother and father off of each other. The mother, obviously, mm. is witnessing all the, like, she's bullshitting you, she's, like, oh. manipulating you. Oh, I see, okay. And she also uh, keeps going, like, Daddy, Daddy, Mommy doesn't love me, or whatever, and be, like, mm. perfect yeah. princess to Daddy. Yeah. But the big reveal, I think, everyone who has seen Orphan is 
She's not actually a kid. She's a 30-year-old woman who has a weird dwarfism thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, Ke- Kevin doesn't have any such uh, biological excuse. <laughs> he, he, he's the right age that he purports to be, but like... Right Except age. that he's, there's, yeah, there's, there's just nothing inside. Right age, different I mean, motivations and such. I don't think he had any motivation. No, no, he's just like a kill. you know, he's a, a true sociopath, you know, like there's absolutely no empathy or sympathy of any kind. He's just like a killing machine. Now, I know we originally covered the fact that you picked this as a reaction to the movie The Possession. Can you explain that a little more? Oh, uh, reaction to the good child, the the perfect, the the pos- I guess I want to switch switch the the point of view of the demon. I mean, the previous one was about a you know the Dibbuk, the evil spirit. This is also about an evil spirit, <laughs> but it's inside. It was it's born. It was inside the child from birth, you know. And you hadn't seen it before. Oh no! I, oh, I'd seen it. Oh yeah, I've seen it several times. Yeah, it's. A, I've seen. Uh, she's. Uh, I mean, Lynn Ramsey is probably like one of the the best filmmakers going. I would say. Really. Uh, she's only made four movies, and they're all great. Yeah, her I last one. I feel terrible. I'm looking at her movies right now, and I don't think I've seen any of them. You haven't seen it. Uh, uh, my favorite probably is that Morver and Caller with Samantha Morton. That that's it's before uh, we need to talk about Kevin like. 2002, 2003, something like that. She takes time between movies. But, uh, yeah, she's Scottish. She's made four four feature films. They're all great. The last one was with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. It's kind of, mm-hmm. You Were Never Really Here. It's another good one. Let's see. Uh, have I seen that film? No, I haven't. That's also based on a book. It was a, it's a Jonathan Ames uh, detective book. I'm seeing right now that she was slated to direct another movie that was based off a book, The Lovely Bones, but she pulled out last minute, and Peter Jackson got that one. That's a horrible movie. It it is pretty. The Lovely Bones is awful. (laughs) I can't decide if the story's bad or Peter Jackson. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't read the book. I remember it was a huge. It was a huge bestseller that book, but that movie's terrible. He went kind (laughs) of wild with CGI. In a movie that did not need CGI. Well, because that's his main interest. Like, he just loves CGI <laughs> and effects and shit, you know? Like, in the beginning, he was so normal. I mean, we have mm. discussed one of his first movies. and Yeah, know. but he had primitive effects. You know, yeah, his best movie, Heavenly Creatures. He did, like... But and it had that claymation and shit in it, you know? like Disruptive. You know, he's... Did The Hobbit. I, I didn't even finish... It's all effect. It's all effects. Yeah, it's just boring. I watched like ten minutes of it, and I was like, "Oh God, they didn't even really try to do actual actors in this one." Mm. Yeah, yeah. They it it happens to these guys that get really popular. I mean, it's it's happened to Guillermo del Toro too. A very similar thing, you know. The bigger the budgets, the the more the the emptier it goes, you know? I mean, I Guillermo del Toro just keeps strength. making remakes. He just keeps making remakes, you know? Yeah. Which is really weird. So this but is she, the first time I saw this movie. I watched it on Peacock. I was shocked that it was actually so readily available. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know how well her movies do, like, as far as box office. Nor do I care. But like, she's all her movies have this kind of like dreamlike and like not non-linear quality. She does this in every movie, no matter the subject, like the the story. Uh, so she's she's one of the she's a very I think I think Tilda Swinton's quoted somewhere like saying like she's she's the real deal like she's one of those directors that I think she says like the movie would not be what it is if it was somebody else directing it you know she's mm-hmm. the mark of a real director she get she brings her own thing to a movie but yeah I would I would I would go I would watch Marvin Caller uh, that's probably my favorite one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the one with Joaquin Phoenix is, is good too, as well as Ratcatcher, which is her first one. Yeah, that one keeps popping up when I look up her name. So, and yeah, yeah, she's been attached to many different movies. Like apparently, at some point, she was supposed to make an adaptation of Moby Dick. Like mm-hmm. all these big, uh, but like things fall through. That's and, a and movie mo- I never have to see. <laughs> Why is that? It it just doesn't sound like that'd be good for film it, it's a cheesy movie i mean it's not it doesn't hold it speaking of like uh on on uh, unadaptable you know like it really it's an is. unadaptable book <laughs> like i don't know if i'm the only one who thinks this but like also same vibe as lame is not only should it not have been adapted into a book it should never have been adapted for the stage oh well uh, Many people would disagree with you since it's like one of the more, most successful like musicals ever. It is, and <laughs> like I am highly aware of that, and it's so rare for like that to happen where everyone's like, "It's amazing." It's like the book is so much better, though. Mm. Have you read it? I don't think I got through that. Like Victor Hugo's not really my jam. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. I'll definitely say that. Um. Is, is that is that where where your your love of communism comes from? <laughs> I don't know where that one came from. It just happened one day. <laughs> like I don't know yeah. if just like Trotsky fell in my lap or signed, but no. Yeah. You know. Wow, and he didn't crush you or anything. He must have been heavy. <laughs> Trotsky seems like he was a tiny little guy, but I don't know. Yeah, still. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no idea where it came from. Obviously, yeah, it had to come from one of the books I was reading. Speaking so of yeah, speaking of horror, speaking of horror, yeah, where this is this your ever never-ending love of monsters. <laughs> well, what are you gonna do? I am fascinated by monsters. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> I think everyone knows that about me. I, I am a little dark and twisty. <laughs> if that's the proper way to say it, I don't even know. It's, you're you're the you know you're the author. You're the one saying it's uh, <laughs> you would know best. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take it. I'm dark and twisty. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I am the kind of person where I I highly enjoyed this dark and twisty movie. Yeah, and. Another great thing about this movie is there's absolutely no redemption and there there's no chance, you know, that this will end well for anybody. Like everybody, you know, who we see either dead, maimed or like uh you know, 
terrorized for the rest of their days, you know? Yeah, I mean, I would say seriously, the only person who seemed like they're coping all right with all of it was kid in a wheelchair. Yeah. Very yeah. hopeful. Like, I might be able to walk one day. Yeah. yeah. And just the way that's presented, it's like, it's so dark. You know? It's just so nice to Tilda Swinton, too, where I was like, I'd be weirded the fuck out, too. Yeah, there's that other scene with where she's sitting in the hospital hallway and there's a woman that comes and I think maybe I'm guessing maybe that's the that wheelchair kid's mom and they hold hands for a second. Do you remember mm -hmm. that? Yeah. And it's nothing's explained, but clearly this other mother is the mother of somebody that's been victimized by uh Tilda Swinton's horrible demon spawn. I, you know? <laughs> I think definitely the harshest moment was when she was looking for Kevin when she finds out that there is at the school? Yeah. And <laughs> then like that that had to be like not just the biggest like heartbreak moment, but also humiliation. Sure. And he does what he, he does throughout his life. He like looks he does a horrible thing and then just like locks eyes with her. It's like I'm doing this to you and it's your fault. Because you, you, you know, you release me into the world. Mm -hmm. Like whether you wanted to or not, it's your fault because you're my mother. Yeah, it's fucked. Like <laughs> I would hate to be in that crowd of people being like, my kid could be the victim. Never mind. Oh shit, he did this. Yeah, yeah. She know she's hoping it's some some other some other parents monster that did it, but she knows <laughs> deep inside she knows. <laughs> like, like you can tell she has an inkling but she's like still like where is he where is he she sees the bike lock and is like fuck yeah as, as, as soon as she sees the bike lock that's the giveaway <laughs> and yeah I, I just like that he did not give a single fuck no remorse at all no nope uh, nope even even in their big like Emotional scene towards the end where she sees him in jail on the two-year anniversary. And she asks her why, and then there's, like, this hug. But, like, you know, he's still playing her, you know? He's still playing her. I mean, doesn't he say something like, I used to think I knew why, now I don't? Yeah. yeah. It's like, maybe but, he, he does know he's a sociopath, but it's one of those... I think he's just terrified to go to adult prison. Mm. I, I think he's he's still, like, just seeking an advantage, you know? So if, if it's acting as if he's a human being for a second, just like he does when he let, when she's reading Robin Hood to him, you know? It's all it's always an act, you know? It's always manipula manipulation. Kind of like There's a still... way to, like, make sure, like, no, you cannot escape this area. Yeah. Because you yeah, he being by me. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah, like by as an adult, like if he just still showed no remorse, she eventually would be like, "All right, I failed." Uh, I well, he's yeah, like I've said, like she's he's the last tie to her family, like that she made. So, but there's no way out. He's making sure that she can never leave. God, that is so fascinating. Mm -hmm. No, they definitely show that she defended herself at. A trial for like negligence. Yeah. Was she trying to defend him at all? 
Uh, uh, who the fuck knows? Because like there are a few like in and out of courthouse moments. Yeah. I was like, please don't tell me you're defending the kid. Uh, I this I mean throughout this movie does such a great job of leaving things, leaving gaps, where like like we're doing now you're trying to guess or theorize what what's actually happening you know mm-hmm. it's because they know you know when ramsey knows that like leaving the gap makes it even more horrifying you know than if she just showed you everything like in a linear way like Which you know it, it's is, scarier this way and deeper you know it's why i liked it better than elephant because elephant is very much like straightforward this is why we're doing this this is what happened witness it all whereas yeah i mean it's that's still an it's an imagining but it yeah we're actually experiencing like how everyone experiences a massacre like that of but why yeah and 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 you will never find out why because Mm -hmm. there's there's not there's not any answer you can give you know there really isn't not 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 one that's satisfying for all you know whatever even like when they say, you know, like the typical thing is this like kind of therapy language, like, well, they were abused as a child or this or that, you know, but uh, there's a loner or whatever the fuck else. But that's there's so many abused children and loners. It's it's like that thing of, you know, like people that defend Roman Polanski for like, you know, abusing girls while he was in the Holocaust. It's like, well, there's His millions of people died by the Manson family. Right. And there's millions of survivors of the Holocaust that never harmed a child. You know, like exactly. most of them haven't. So it's not that that's not enough of a reason, you know? No, some people are just fucked up. Yeah, there's no I mean, it's sort of like a like a meditation on like, is there a thing as pure evil? You know, it's like that. It's like it's almost that. Also, like, not just that, but like, is there anything she could have done? Like, no. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's clearly, like, there's nothing. She, she tries everything she knows how. Like, she tries you know? to get clothes. She tries to do the sick thing. Fuck, the fact that she even tried to take him to dinner was like, oh, she's still trying. And then, yeah, she, like, a lot of, she gives him his room. She lets him do whatever he wants, you know, and nothing's ever enough. Nothing ever gets, gets him to act like a normal, like, human being because he's not a normal human being, you know? I feel like... She knows he's not normal, but even, like, the day of the massacre, she notices he's clammy and acts, like, concerned. And it's like, oh, yeah. shit, that's the mom breaking out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the tension is she can't help being a mom even though she know- she never wanted to be a mom, and she, she knows she doesn't want to be a mom to this, you know, to this monster. I mean, you but she can't help it anyways. Like, it, it's fascinating the fact that she was slowly able to adapt to his fucked upness. Well, like, yeah, well, she's, he's a baby and he just screams like day and night. And, and then, the and then dad comes home and, and yeah, and dad comes home and he's like, look, you just got to rock him. Or like, like total classic, that mansplaining thing, you know, like, look, he's, he's such a good little boy. <laughs> or he refuses to believe that he did the hamster gerbil down the garbage disposal or mm-hmm. that he had anything yeah, no, he doesn't his sister's believe- eye. Doesn't believe any, yeah, anything bad about him because he never sees it. There is something I'm trying to remember what moment it was, but I remember John C. Riley at one point being like, "This is what little boys do." 
mm-hmm. but I don't remember what happened. Who knows? It. it could have been so many things. I don't remember that particular moment either. But like, he rationalized all of it. Like, yeah, this is what kids do. This is what they do. And it's like, bro, you're not even there. You're not being parent yeah. one. You're checked out ninety percent of the time. Yeah. And and it's sort of perfect casting to get John C. Riley, who has this like happy, innocent face. He does that face, you know, like everything's going to be okay. It, but like it's, you know, he's totally complicit, you know, <laughs> because he doesn't dig any deeper ever. He just sees what he wants to see. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's got this like storybook family, and he does not. <laughs> The fact that he's totally incapable of seeing any red flags, but only towards his wife. Mm-hmm. Like, this, yeah. this, this is on you. This is your fault. Which I found yep. very stereotypical of how an American family would probably react to such things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we've watched a lot of horror movies where the husband is like, ah, oh, you, you, you're just making a big deal out of this to yeah. the female characters. Yeah, the the ga- what the people always call the ga- gaslighting thing, you know? Yeah. It, it's almost know- like, do they even know? Like, they're, they're just kind of dismissing shit that they're not even really, like, seeing. Well, it's convenient for, you know, he, uh, Kevin knows the things to do to make him believe otherwise and it's why why would anybody want to believe any of this stuff you know it, that, that's very true it feels very real like because if he starts question, questioning what his kid is doing it crumb the whole the whole storybook crumbles you know very quickly which is why it was probably so easy for kevin to kill him because he probably didn't see that shit coming at all he probably handed him the fucking bow you know, like oh, you on practice? Go the the, the arrow, yeah, like and, and like cheered him on, you know. Then he just turned at the last second. Yeah, it's really smart and like not to show those moments because what they you are can imagine. Outside, so yeah. But what you know, what you can imagine how that went down is like more horrific than anything any like film director could have like showed. You know what I mean? That's why I like that they didn't show the massacre. You could just kind of hear like stuff in the background. Yeah, it's almost like recapped like a like highlights from a like like a sports match or something, you know? Yeah, I think you remember hearing like go fight win or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Yeah, cuz he's like the champion like at the Olympics of archery. You know, like real life archery. He's so precise. I like like not yeah. only was he precise with the locks, but like when he laid everything out so smoothly, he was just setting up the stage. Yeah. Well, I mean, you see his room, and there's, like, not a speck of dust, and there's notebooks with nothing written in them. That says everything you need to know about Kevin as a character. There's nothing inside. There's no clue. She searches the whole room, you know? And the only only thing she finds is a fucking virus. (laughs) The only thing I will say that I think is much better in the movie than what I see was in the book is... The mother seems to be the only one who notices that he's fucked up, but in the book, it has other people noticing that he's having weird fucked up. Well, yeah, him. yeah, yeah. Like once again, the book is a very different animal than the movie. You know, you can show many different viewpoints. You can show internal states, all kinds of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. that it's it's very difficult to do in a movie. 
uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be curious. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if I even want to read the book because sometimes, like, if you like a movie a lot, like, reading the book kind of ruins it, you know? And vice versa. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, reading Clockwork Orange totally ruined that movie for me. I never liked that movie because I read the book first, you know? It's a great book, but I don't think it's a great movie. But. I'll be here to say that I watched the movie and didn't like it, so I never read the book. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. I'm the one person in the world who really doesn't like that movie. You're not the... Well, <laughs> no. Except for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're the only exception, I think, as the Paramore song goes. Aw. <laughs> is is that a good thing? I don't know that song, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really heavily trying to remember it. I, I saw Paramore at, like, one of my last concerts I went to, so. Oh, really? Yeah. I remember that one being a big song. I'm not a big Paramore fan. But that's, I mean, that's late. When the when was their heyday? That was that was a little while ago, right? Paramore. When was Paramore? Well, Paramore just has made a huge comeback because of Taylor Swift. Um, why? Why? Um, because Paramore is like the opening band slash second act. Oh, oh, I all see. All her shows. Oh Jesus. I know. I would hate that, but no, they're huge. I would say when I was in like high school. I, I thought we I, I thought we were gonna get through an episode without any swift discourse, but I guess it's not to be. No, <laughs> she no. can't. She she keeps haunting this show. She speaking is. of speaking of horrors, American horrors. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that's all that needs to be said though about Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah I'm just about like it, she should fucking take a vacation. <laughs> well, I mean. Shit, I, I don't want to say anything more, but okay, I'll add this one extra thing. <laughs> it would appear that she's starting to segue into streaming, uh, actually being a filmmaker. Oh, nice. Uh, that it seems terrific. Like intriguing. I don't know. Maybe hey. she realizes that she's hit that age where she can't tour as much. Mm. Who knows? Well, you know, Madonna tried to be a filmmaker. That didn't work out so well. She tried to be an actress, and that ended up being worse. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess, yeah, you, you can only have so many talents, I guess. Yeah, but, you know, when you're that rich, you get to play around and say you have them all. Yeah, yeah, if she wants to make a movie, she could definitely make a movie. She could afford it. Probably better than many studios, you know. Have her own studio. No one give a fuck. Yep. Huh. But do we have any final takeaways from we need to talk about Kevin? Don't have children? Yeah. <laughs> In the sadness of they never spoke about Kevin. <laughs> they never had that conversation that she clearly wanted to have. They needed to talk about Kevin, and they never did, and look what happened. So have more conversations, young marrieds. <laughs> or you know, people considering having children or having just had red children. Flags of, yeah. Listen, listen. A serial killer thing where they say, like, if they're not potty trained or whatever yeah. early on. I didn't, I haven't heard about that one, but yeah, he definitely kept it going. The stack of pampers, like, into like, what was he, like, five or something? <laughs> you know? And, like, as I said, like, he purposely shits to, like, piss her off. Yeah, yeah, of like, course. What the hell? Like, that, that one was one of the moments where I was like, 
He is fucked up. Yeah, totally, total complete monster. But yeah, yeah, husbands, listen to your fucking wives. There's your moral to the story. That is the moral to the story. Husbands, <laughs> listen to your wives, because if they're the ones that spend all day with the kids, then they know what the kid is like. Yeah, they might know something. <laughs> they might have an insight you don't. As opposed to you coming home and being fun dad and be like, I just got you a bow and arrow or whatever yeah. the fuck else he does. He totally, like, he just gives, literally gives them the, the ammunition to, like, the weapon that will kill him. <laughs> It's it's better than a gun because it's more kind of po it's it's more poetic and kind of no because you, right, you said like Robin Hood and everything I I didn't yeah. make that connection yeah a, a a a gun is a gun is sort of like too it's too easy you know but like being shot shot with a fucking bow and arrow is like mythic you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> It it's, would have it's, been very good in ancient times. Yeah, it's like this like horrible fairy tale. I mean, the whole movie kind of is, you know. Except it is so realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Modern nightmare. Yep. Yeah. That will probably just keep on going for who knows when. Yeah. We, I, I guess there's no... We need to talk about Kevin, too. Or <laughs> we need to talk about, like, Sally or something. Like, there's going to be another kid. <laughs> You know Reincarnation. What? We haven't had a female <laughs> killer yet, so let's keep the conversation about Kevin for now. <laughs> well, uh, Kevin, who is not being paid attention to, but is clearly fucked up. I know. We talk about him. We we've been talking about Kevin for for an hour, so you know, <laughs> or whatever. So we we needed to talk about Kevin, and we did. Mm-hmm. Unlike John C. Franklin, like. We we fixed what Franklin fucked up. We talked about Kevin. <laughs> we were capable of seeing the red flags. And we were like, that yeah. kid is going to be a killer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, in a way, you're you're saying how, like, in contrast with the book, like, only only she sees like all the red flags and what's wrong with him. But like, she's not the only one. We are. Like, the audience sees it the whole time. It's like that. It's like the whole thing is like a slow mo car crash, you know. We all see it coming. We know it from the start, and we can do nothing to stop it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's like the it's like we're guilty bystanders, you know. We're not innocent because we're watching it. You know. Mm-hmm. It's like no, no. You can scream all you want, but it's still gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> so. I think I get the next pick. For yeah, you're next, and you, I think last time you said you you had something picked out. What what did you have, or have you rethought it? Okay, I, I actually do have quite a few that I started oh. to think of, because uh, I'll just go with my thinking randomly. At first, I was thinking American Psycho, and then I was like, mm. then The Purge, and I was like, definitely. Mm-mm. I'm between The Fog and The Relic. Oh. Mainly because I've only seen the uh, remake of the Fog. I know it's oh, terrible. not not the eighties Fog. And I would like an excuse to watch that or the Relic because when I was at uh, the analog place, I got a VHS of it, and I just want to see what it's like to hook up a VHS to my TV. <laughs> oh, so you're getting a a VHS machine? Like you're getting a player? We've actually had a VCR this entire time. I just oh, wasn't yeah. aware of it, but we just oh. got an adapter 
for it. Oh, because a, a modern TV does an interface with it. Yeah, so. Oh, I see. Both well, movies. Well, let's let's do, yeah, let's do the relic since you've got, like, because, so you can watch your VHS. I've never seen that either. What's, what, what's it, do you know anything about it? What, what? Is it some? Is it about some old thing? <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> I imagine from the title. See, see how good I am at uh, spotting clues. <laughs> You're amazing at it. It's like about some relic, isn't it? <laughs> I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah. I'll, I think you like I'll this. I'll check that. I'll check that out. Uh, it, it takes place in the Field Museum in Chicago. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, I. Yeah, we'll see. I, I will not be watching it on any fucking VHS. I have to find it on some streaming platform. I'm sure it's available somewhere. I believe I saw it on Tubi. Okay, well, perfect. It's on Tubi. I, I extra like it because I don't have to pay for it. See, you get to watch it with commercials. I get to watch it as a VHS. We're both so old school, retro. one way or another, like old school throwback. <laughs> cool. Sounds like a plan. Uh, and then, yeah, we're, we're, we're meeting up next week, too. Yeah. Let's go scope out a bookstore. Yeah. It's exciting. Hit up Jack. Hope. How close is Jackalope to the bookstore? Like a block away. Oh, dude, that's, that's lit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into it. Yeah, I'll introduce you to Joe. I actually... Um, so many Joes. Wow. Just today posted on, on my other podcast, I, I uh, posted a conversation with him, the o- owner of that bookstore. So are we saying that both of my book launches will take place at a guy named Joe's place? Oh, maybe, and then we'll, we'll have the dinner afterwards at, like, eat at Joe's. You know, we'll find a restaurant called Joe's. No, I, I don't. Just like D- very different Joe's level of Joe's. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, maybe this. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't read your book yet, so I don't know. I don't know if there are, how many Joe's there are in your book. Are there any Joes? No. In fact, there are uh, not, not a any single characters Joe. at all. <laughs> I keep it to like five characters. Okay. And not, not, not a single one is named Joe? No, no. Well, maybe this is why you need to make up for this lack of Joes by having events. And maybe it'll just be L.A. Nights brought to you by Joe. <laughs> Joe presents L.A. Nights. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there we go. That sounds like a plan. <laughs> all right. See you next Talk- week. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.